Welcome to the King's Cast, dynamic teaching recorded live at King's Church in Cambridge, England. We hope you are blessed and challenged by listening to the ministry today. And now, here's the broadcast. Well, if you could turn in your Bibles with me this morning to Luke uh, chapter 11, Luke 11. We're just going to look at the Word of God. Luke chapter 11, and we're going to pick up in verse 33. Verse 33, it says this, reading from the NIV version, it should come up on the screens if you've not got your Bibles with you, just behind me and above. It says this, no one, <clears throat> no one lights a lamp and puts it in a place where it will be hidden or under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, so that those who may come in, who come in may see the light. Your eye is the lamp of your body. When your eyes are healthy, your whole body also is full of light. But when they are unhealthy, your body also is full of darkness. Verse 35, see to it then that the light within you is not darkness. Therefore, if your whole body is full of light and no part of it dark, it will be just as full of light as when a lamp shines its light upon you. These are the very words of Jesus himself, just talking about light. It's interesting, we talked about the light party in a few weeks and the things we're going to be doing to celebrate the light of the world. Jesus actually claimed, he said, I am the light of the world. And I want to talk just for a few minutes, I promise, this morning about what this means, just this short passage and what it means for you. Because I think it's got some very, very important things just in these few verses from 33 to 36. You see, what this talks about actually is two lamps, two types of lamps. It talks about one, the first lamp, which is Jesus himself. It describes the lamp. I mean, many people use this analogy sometimes of a lamp underneath its bowl, and it's used sometimes in other scriptures as, as, as where we should be sharing our, the message of Jesus. But if you read in context of just before this, it talks about in the, in the chapters, the verses before, about the sign of Jonah and about the, the fact of the, the wisdom of Solomon and the signs that have come before. And now it goes in to talk about a sign that has come to the world that shouldn't be missed. You see, Jesus, I don't know if you know this, but he died publicly. He made a public statement and when he died on the cross... He came publicly to die for people like you and me, every single person. And he was a light coming into the world. And what this scripture means is it's a light that should not be hidden. It's a light that should not be disguised or hidden or even just in this room for today. And then people never see it again. But it's a light that needs to be seen. It also talks about a second lamp as well. The lamp of our body, which is our eyes, it says. So it talks about first the lamp of Jesus being the light of the world. 
this one that shouldn't be hidden, this intense light. In fact, saying again of that intense light, in Hebrews 1 verse 3, it says this about Jesus. It says, the sun is the radiance of God's glory. That's Jesus. If you want to know who Jesus is, you may have heard many things about who Jesus is. But the Bible says this in Hebrews 1 verse 3. The Son, Jesus Christ, is the radiance of God's glory. And the exact representation of His being. Wow. Sustaining all things by His powerful Word. After He had provided purification for sins. He sat down at the right hand of the majesty in heaven. In other words, he is Jesus, this lamp, the radiance of God's glory. He is the exact representation. People sometimes ask Jesus, have you seen the Father? And Jesus basically said, if you see me, you've seen the Father. Some people Sometimes say, I'm not sure if there's a God. I'm not sure if there's a God that exists. But do you know that not even the, even books outside the Bible tell us that Jesus Christ lived? It is fact that he died. It is fact. But the Bible tells us he's not just an ordinary man. He is the exact representation and the radiance of God's glory. Wow. If there's anything you've come here for today, that is worth knowing. That you can know Jesus, who is an exact representation of the Father, and He is so bright. He is so intense in His light, that He is the radiance of God's glory. That is the most intense light you're ever going to see. But the second lamp, oh yes... There's a second lamp and it's your eyes. And your eyes are going to determine how much of the radiance of God's glory you're going to see. You see, unfortunately, there is a little thing in the way that allows you. Sometimes we can look at it, the eyes of of what we see. If you were to go outside today, you walk outside the sunlight, you close your eyes. You can determine whether the light comes in or not. Physically. But do you know that there's the eyes of your heart as well that need to see the light of Jesus? I used to be into uh, photography. I'm not as into it as much today, but it's so much easier today with digital cameras. But you look at a camera and you will see that a camera is effectively designed around the eye. It has a lens. And our retina will receive that image and take it to the brain and then the brain receives the image. Today, everyone's going out looking for the latest megapixel camera, the biggest sensor inside a camera in technologies that will receive the data, will take in through a lens what it will put on that sensor. Listen to me today. Your eyes are the thing that will inhibit whether you see Jesus or not. Do you know that inside of you there is a sensor and it is, the, it is greater than any megapixel camera? That that sensor needs to receive the light of Jesus for you to understand and to see his image, to who he is. That he is the exact representation of God's glory. 
We have a lens and retina. It transmits this image to our brain. And our eyes are the thing that see. And let me tell you today, I believe God wants to open up some lenses today. He wants to increase the aperture to allow the light of his glory to come into our lives. I put this, that Jesus is the light for the whole world. But the eyes of our heart determine how he can affect our individual world. Do you know that? He is the light of the world. The Bible says he died once and for all. Not just a certain type of Christian. Not just a certain type of church or denomination. You might be thinking today in here, what is this place? But listen to me. Jesus died for every single person. Not just us. And he didn't die for someone just because they can sing well. Or they can worship well. He died once and for all. Because he loves you. It's the message of the gospel. But whether your eyes of your understanding can receive it and see it is another thing. The Bible talks about this. Many times Jesus went around and he told parables. And he spoke of spiritual blindness. I've met blind people before. If you want to believe this, on, on a recent trip to Malta, we prayed for someone, or one of the team did, with, with um, a blind eye. One eye, completely blind, opened up. You may say, I don't know if I believe this. Read the Bible. The Bible says that Jesus went around doing good and doing works, healing the sick. But he also said this when he died. He says, you go and do the same. It's no surprise to us when he does it, we're just thankful. It's no surprise to us that God moves in this way because he loves his kids. It's no surprise. But do you know what? Rather than a a physical blind eye, you can be spiritually blind. Your eyes can be shut off. You know, many years ago when I used to light cameras, I used to work in a company and they used to say to me every now and again, they'd say, we've got a special guest coming in. Can you come and take a picture? And it was my responsibility to go in the company and I would meet people and they'd be quiet. You know, these people would be big names and they'd come in and they want me to take a picture so that I could get, instead of getting a professional photographer in, they'd use me. And I wasn't that good. I was actually very good in Photoshop so I could touch up everything I'd done wrong on the picture. So I relied more on Photoshop, the software after, than the actual picture itself. But I used to go down and I'd take these pictures and I remember once... Going with the camera and I was nervous thinking, I better get this picture right. And I was stood there and I, and, and I put up the camera and I'm, I'm looking at it thinking, why is it not working correctly? It's not, it doesn't seem to be working right. This, the whole people were stood in front of me and then they laughed at me. And they said, you've left the lens cap on. And it wasn't a good start. For me looking and trying to act like a professional photographer when I wasn't. That they said you got the lens cap on. You see, you can have the best technology in a camera, but you have a 20p plastic cover on the front, and the whole thing's useless. You can go and buy... I used to work with people who would have cameras worth £15,000, but if the lens cap's on, it's it's useless. And some of us today, 
Do you know that inside of you, God has designed you to be his kids, to know him for who he is. He's designed something new that's greater than any camera. The technology is amazing and he's designed you to receive his light, to understand who he is, to be connected to the father and to look at him and not to look to anything else other than him and see him for who he is. Do you know he's done that for you? But some of us have done something. We've allowed lens caps to cover our lens. We've allowed things in our lives to stop this light getting in. And do you know what? They're probably worth 20p. They're not worth much. They don't have anything of worth. But they block something that is so valuable that we all need to know about. Apostle Paul said this. Ephesians 1 verse 18 to 19, he said, I pray that the eyes of your heart may be enlightened in order that you may know the hope to which he has called you, the riches of his glorious inheritance in his holy people and his incomparably great power for us who believe. Do you know who wrote this? The person who wrote this once hated Christians. Do you know that? The person who wrote these words that says, I pray. He wasn't a believer at one point. He didn't even want to know Jesus. He wanted to kill anyone who was associated with Jesus. Now he's saying, I pray. All of a sudden he's got religious. You're saying today, I can't be religious. I'm not a religious person. Listen, when God gets hold of you, you don't become religious. You come into a relationship. Don't forget about religion. If you want religion, you're in the wrong place. We're not about religion. We're about relationship. Because Paul doesn't say, I did a few rituals and tried to hope that people will find understanding. He says, I pray. Because he's connected with his father. That the eyes of your heart may be enlightened. In order that you may know the hope to which he has called you. The riches of his glorious inheritance. There are riches beyond compare in his holy people. You know, today we've dedicated Esther and Victoria. But do you know that they've got their own lenses? We haven't forced anything upon them. Because what we've said is, God, may their eyes of their heart be enlightened to this hope. May they in their lives discover the greatness of who you are. Not these are Christians now. No, 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 no. May they understand, grasp, see how great you are. It's a different prayer. And that's the prayer I pray for every single person here today. Because there are some here today who don't know Jesus. Once I rejected him, once I put on my lens cap, When I took it off, I realized the lens cap that was on, how valuable it was. It meant nothing. It stopped so much coming in. And I believe today that God wants to bring his light of his word into your lives. In Genesis 1 verse 3, God said, naturally, let there be light. Today's title is Let There Be Light. I believe God wants to speak a word of life into hearts today to open up hearts To say, let there be my light again in your life. Or let there be light in your life if you don't know it. God wants to change hearts today. Number one today. Just a few points I want to bring. 
But you need to trust God's light. You need to trust the true light. Luke 11 verse 33 says, No one lights a lamp and puts it in its place where it will be hidden, or under a bowl. Instead, they put it on its stand, so that those who come in may see the light. Do you know, Jesus made a public statement. He died in a public place for you and for me. He did that because he wanted to declare who he was. Do you know that right now, if you, if you search on Google, you'll find there are 4,200 different religions in the world. 4,200 religions. You try and work out if you wanted to go to every one of those and study them for the rest of your life. You've got to have a big challenge to find the truth. So the question is, if that's the case, and that will grow too, there'll be more than 4,200 next year because people are creating religions sooner than iPhones from Apple. And I want to encourage you today that there is one religion, and that is the faith in Jesus Christ. There is one that was made public for us to see. It's the only religion where someone died for you. It's the only one where there is a substitutionary sacrifice made for us to receive him. To be reconciled back to the Father. Because the Bible says that we've been cut off from the Father. But we can be reconciled not by trying to do good things for the community. All good these things are. But by coming and receiving Jesus. Receiving forgiveness of our sins. And being reconnected back to him. We need to trust the truth. Jesus said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. No one. In John chapter 8, verse 12 to 16, Jesus said these words, and I want you to just see this on the screen. He said this. This is who Jesus declared who he was out of all of the religions. He says, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The Pharisees, these are the religious people, then challenge him, it says. Here you are appearing, they said to Jesus, as your own witness. Your testimony is not valid. Jesus answered and said this, even if I testify on my own behalf, my testimony is valid for I know where I came from and I know where I am going. But you have no idea where I come from or where I'm going. In other words, Jesus says, my testimony is valid because I know where I came from. And I know where I am going. And do you know where he was going? He was going to the cross. He stepped out of heaven, the most amazing place. We sing a song, the darling of heaven, crucified for the sins of the world. And he steps out of heaven and he knows where he's come from. He's come out of this amazing place. But he's come onto the earth as rotten as it is with sin rampant to save the people from their sins. And he says, I know where I'm going. I'm going to the cross. You guys, though, are looking with religious eyes. You're spiritually blind. You've got no idea where I came from. You can't see it. And you can't even see where I'm going. Because I'm going to be the fulfillment of the word of God. I don't know about you today. Jesus said, I'm the light of life. And I don't know about you, but 
some of us in our lives today, we don't feel like we've got the light of life. We don't feel like we've got much going on that makes us feel like we've got the light of life sometimes. But when we trust in him, we focus on Jesus. We keep our eyes fixed on him. We have the light of life. If we take our eyes off Jesus, then our future is not certain. He says, I know where I came from. I know where I'm going. You know, if you come into a relationship with Jesus, you know what happens? You know where you came from and you know where you're going. That's what happens. You don't just think, oh, he's he's an amazing being and all good for him. No, Jesus says, if you come to relationship with me, follow me because you're then going to understand. You'll know where you're going. You'll know where you came from. Because when you read the Bible and you read such as Psalm 139 that says you were created in your mother's womb, you'll understand that you came from somewhere, that you were meant to be. You were not an accident. But you've got to have a relationship with me to discover it. If you don't do that, all you do for the rest of your life, you'll not really know where you came from, only your mum and dad. And, you know, your family tree as far back as you can go. But where then? It's like I said earlier, when I look at creation, I look at a miracle. And I don't look at evolution. I look at the one who created. Because if something of a value of a cardboard cup, as I said earlier, can be looked upon and seen as having a creator, designer behind it, You know, I've seen cakes coming in today, amazing cakes. How sweet the sound. Coming in through the doors, you know, my eyes were wandering, watching them flowing. But they've had a a creator behind them. But how much more is that value of that life who has a designer? A creator. Let me tell you today, he wants you to know him. He wants your eyes to open up. You see, you only know where you're going when you're with Jesus. I know where I'm going. Eternity, the Bible says eternity is set into our hearts. It's like, it's, it's like an installment to download the latest update it will give you for you to know that you are going somewhere. Many years ago, I, I, got a, I was choosing a mobile phone when I was at university. I was 18 years old and I was choosing which mobile phone provider to go with. And I was looking at all these different providers and I remember choosing the one orange because probably it was the best deal. And I always remember the graphics, the designs all around their promotions. It says, the future's bright, the future's orange. It's not so orange today. (laughs) I don't know if you've noticed that. The future was bright for a while. Do you know there's so much out there today that will attract you different religions and say, the future's bright, come and receive this enlightenment, read these books and you'll find the ways to discover freedom. You'll find all different things that will offer you. The future's bright if you just read chapter 3. Listen to me today. The future's only bright if you know the Son of God. Because you know where you came from and where you're going to go. And it's not because you read the Bible and think, I'm going to try and learn this, I'm going to understand where I'm going. No, he sets eternity in your heart because you allow the light to come in. You allow the lens to receive it and your brain receives it. And then when you know, you know that you know. And you can't explain it to anyone else. All you want to do is tell them. All you want to do is say, get the lens cap off. It's not worth it. And people think we're mad. And we're crazy. Boy, I thought people were mad and crazy until I took my lens cap off. Jesus is the only way. 
You see, you will know where you're going and you'll know when you come into a relationship because Jesus said this. It's John chapter 14, verse 1 to 4. He said, do not let your hearts be troubled. You believe in God, believe also in me. My Father's house, this is Jesus speaking, has many rooms. If that were not so, would I have not told you that I am going to prepare a place for you. And if I go and prepare a place for you, I will come back and take you to be with me, that you may also be where I am. You know the way to the place where I am going. He said this to the ones who followed him. He says, you know where I'm going, because you're with me. You see, the word, when you read the Bible, it's not just a book. It becomes alive. And I want to encourage you, some people here today, maybe put your Bibles down, pick up the Word of God again and start reading, because it's the light of life. It's the light of life. It's better than any Every Day with Jesus book you can get. It's better than anything if you just pick up the Word of God and start reading, filling your heart with the Word of God. It becomes the light of life. It becomes life-giving words. It will breathe life into you. 2 Timothy 3.16 says, it's all scripture is God-breathed. <laughs> what book do you find in Waterstones that says this is God-breathed? There is no book. You won't find any book on any shelf that says you pick this up and read it. Every single word is God-breathed. Psalm 119 verse 105 says this, Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light for my path. Your word is a lamp for my feet, a light for my path. The path where you know you're going. Hallelujah. Trust God's light. Trust and allow him to shed his light on your life today. Number two today, test your own light. Test your own. Luke 11 verse 35, Jesus said this, See to it then that the light within you is not darkness. Therefore, if your whole body is full of light and no part of it dark, it will be just as full of light as when a lamp shines its light on you. Jesus said something here very, very interesting. He said, test and check whether the light within you is not darkness. That doesn't make sense. In other words, look at the things that are going on in your life behind the lens, inside of you. Look at the light that's already in you. If you're going to shut off and not receive and see the truth, look at the light you do have and check whether it's really light at all. I don't know if you've done that for a while, but it's worth doing. To examine your heart, examine yourself and examine your life as to what lights are going on that you actually think are of God. Because sometimes they're not. There's light that sometimes is actually darkness in reality or relative to God's light. You see, artificial lights always create artificial atmospheres. Just a few years ago, someone hired this building. They came in. They came upstairs and they said, we want to use this room. We want to put some music on. We want to do X, Y, Z. And I said, you can hire the room. And then I came up in the afternoon to see how they were getting on. I came up and majority of the windows were blocked off. They were filled with black boards. There was no light in here. And then the next stage was a whole group of people came rigging, bringing lots of rigs of lights in to light the room up. I said, what are you doing? He said, well, we've... We've killed the light so we can create an atmosphere. 
So in other words, you've took the light out so you can create your atmosphere. Yeah. Okay. That's good. Do you know some of us do the exact same? We block out the light of God. We don't allow it. We reduce the aperture on our lens. Because we we like our own lights better. So what we do is we create artificial lights. And artificial lights create artificial atmospheres. You're not really living in reality of the truth of God. Because our lights light up our lives. What artificial lights do you have in your life today? What things do you have in your life today? There are artificial lights that you love so much that you find it hard to get get rid of. And I want to encourage you today that God wants you to test these lights. To check what's going on. To check what you're turning on. However bright it is, whatever tungsten, whatever ampage it is, it will never match the brightness of him. And some of us need to check today. Because he says here in Luke 11.35, Jesus says, see to it then. See to it then that the light within you is not darkness. In other words, make sure that what you think is light is not really darkness. What artificial lights can we have? People. Relationships. Do you know some people put people on pedestals in relationships and they, what happens is when people fail and they fall and things go wrong in relationships, do you know what happens? They were the light of our lives. All of a sudden, it's all gone wrong. And some of us today can actually put people as positions, as lights in our life. And they become before God. They, they stand in the way of God. Do you know the Bible even spoke about John the Baptist as a light? Listen to this. He was a man. He wasn't Jesus. He says this, John 1 verse 6 to 9. There was a man sent from God whose name was John. He came as a witness to testify concerning that light so that through him all might believe. He himself was not the light. He came only as a witness to the light. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world and that is Jesus. In other words, what he's saying here is that however great John the Baptist was and even Jesus said that John the Baptist was one of the greatest. So he was an amazing person. And some of you today have got some real amazing people in your life. These people light up your life. Relationships. You'd do anything for them. Some of you today have been maybe attracted to certain relationships. And you're thinking, this means more to me now than God. But listen, John the Baptist, as great as what he was, he was not the light. He was a witness to the light. He wasn't the light. And listen, Jesus wants to say things to people I believe in here today. Whoever you've got relationships with, whoever people are, they are great. There is creation, but they are not the true source of light. These things can be artificial in our lives. Distractors from receiving the true light. People are important. 
But they should never replace God himself. In Romans 1 verse 25, he says, People exchanged the truth of God for a lie and worshipped and served created things rather than the creator himself. We can do that. We can worship the created thing rather than the creator himself. What other things are artificial lights? Habitual sins. Things that we're doing behind the scenes that are hidden. Things that we know that are wrong. Things that we know that if we, if someone was to show it now on the screen of everything you did this last week, you would be so shocked. You wouldn't want anyone to see. I remember when I was a young boy growing up, youth used to tell me, listen, I believe when you go to heaven that God's going to show a whole video of everything you've ever done wrong. I thought, I don't know if I want to go to heaven then. I'm not sure I want to do that. I'm not sure now if a VHS cassette could record everything. You need a big hard drive. None of us want, to see, want anyone to see what we're doing. Do you know, you can put the big church face on, but lots of us today know there are things in our lives that we don't want anyone to know about. Sins. Things that have actually become our secret lights. The lights that we go to, we hide away and we enjoy them because they're tempting and they're good. Listen, the Bible talks about sin. It says it's tempting and good. But listen, you will get to these lights, but these lights will not give you life. They'll make you depressed. Depression always follows because it never brings the source of life that Jesus talked about. The rivers of life that he wants to flow within our being. And I want to encourage you today, don't hide from Christ. Trying to block everything out so you can enjoy these things because they're only temporal. Just this week I was playing on the PlayStation with my son Jacob and he said to me, we were playing on the football game FIFA and he said, before we play dad, can we block out all of the lights in the house because then the screen looks a little bit better. I said, okay. So I'm sat there and then he wandered around the house and he's pulling the curtains nearly off the rails trying to block every bit of light out of the room. Then he went up to the living room door and there's a stopper on the door that stops you from shutting it. We've had it since they've been little kids so they don't trap their fingers. And he went up and I just saw him doing this, shutting it, wondering why it's not shut. And I said, Jacob, there is, there's something on the top you need to take off first. He said, oh, I know. It falls off if you keep hitting it. I said, no, you'll damage the door for him. I run around the house, following him around, trying to make, make sure now that there was no light. There was actually no light in the room. I mean, it was pitch black. We've got blackout curtains. So we were sat there, and I couldn't see the controllers. I said, can I, can I have one light on? He said, okay, you can have one. He said, it's just the screen looks better. And do you know what? I looked outside as, as, as he was shutting the curtains, and I saw the football net, the, the outside, all the things to play with, and I thought, we're sat here shutting the light out, looking at a tiny 32-inch little screen, and outside is the garden to play in. And it's the same for us. You have got into a position in your life, maybe, where you shut all the light out, you focus so much on the lights that you've created, the artificial stuff, that you forgot what's outside. You forgot what's available. Or you don't even know what's available because all you've ever known is artificial stuff. God wants you to be free. He wants you to be free and you can be today if you receive him. Ephesians 5 verse 11 
to 14, Apostle Paul says this, have nothing to do with the fruitless deeds of darkness, but rather expose them. It is shameful even to mention what the disobedient do in secret, but everything exposed by the light becomes visible, and everything that is illuminated becomes a light. That is why it is said, wake up sleeper, rise from the dead, and Christ will shine on you. In other words, he says, it's like someone who's dead. They've died, and they need Christ's light to shine on them. So that they wake up again. Finally today, as I come to a close, the final point is this. That we need to turn to God's light. You know, you can say, well, okay, you've said what you said. There is a true light. And yes, I recognize that in my heart that I'm testing myself. And I know that there's things just not right. There are lights that I'm attracted to, but they're not really good for me. Maybe that's you today. How do I turn to your light? How do I turn the aperture wider? How do I create this? What is it that, why is it that I can't feel this now? Do you know why? Because your eyes are unhealthy. Because you need to turn to Jesus. Jesus doesn't force himself on any person and he never has done. The Bible describes the Holy Spirit as a gentleman. He is a person, he is someone that will come gently into our hearts. And today, he wants you to turn to him so that you can receive everything he has. Luke eleven thirty four 34 says, your eye is the lamp of your body. When your eyes are healthy, your whole body is full of light. But when they are unhealthy, your body is full of darkness. Listen, if your eyes today were failing, what would you do? You'd book the opticians. You'd phone up tomorrow. I do. I try to find the ones that are free. You'd phone up the opticians. You say, I need to come in. My eyes need checking because they're not good. I'm starting to not see as well. And you'd phone up the opticians. Listen, if there is darkness in your life and you've tested your lights, then some of you today need to come to the optician, the heavenly optician that will open up your eyes. But you've got to make the call. No optician's going to come chasing after you when your eyes start deteriorating. You have to pick up the number and book in and go and see them. And the same is for people who respond to the message of truth. They say, I am going to respond then to this. If there's something to do, I'm going to take action and turn to God. Do you know that this principle I'm talking about is even in the natural sense? You see, God has also shown us this in the natural sense. I don't know if you know this, but when we're on the earth, that the earth is tilted on an axis. It's called the axis tilt. If you didn't know that, it's about 23.5 degrees on a tilt. And it changes every 41,000 years, I believe. And this tilt that it's on, this degree tilt that it's on, that's in relation to the sun to receive the light. And how many of you know that the, everything that happens on the earth and everything that we see is down to the sun giving the light and the energy and it absorbs. You see, God has already shown you this in the natural sense. Because do you know this? That at 23.5 degrees, if it's on a tilt and it's in position for the sun to receive the correct amount of light, that's what allows our four seasons to occur. But actually, reality is this. If 
the earth was tilted just a couple of degrees out, you would lose spring and autumn. I don't know if you know that. You would only have two seasons. You would, maybe for some people are like that. But do you know what? I believe that it's been designed that way. It's adjusted that way. Maybe if it was so many degrees out, there'd be whole chaos. It also shows us the great design of our system, of where we are and where we live today. We're just a small speck on this whole thing. But listen to me today. I believe this, and I felt the Holy Spirit show me this as I was preparing, that there are some people here today that you have been knocked out of degree. Your position, you've been knocked out by the sins and the things that, you've, that you're doing wrong. The things that you've been attracted to. If you knock yourself out of line, you don't get the fullness. You see, I don't know about you, but there's something I like about autumn. Do you know why? Because it prepares me for winter. There's something I like about spring. Because it prepares me for summer. I want these seasons because there's a gradual slow process that prepares me for the next thing. But do you know some people who will live a life out of fullness, they live in lives like winter and summer. Things go wrong, things go right, and they don't really know what's going on in their lives. But with God, we have a fullness. And even when there's trouble, we're prepared and ready to take us through all the seasons of our life. But do you know what you've got to do? Make sure that you've been not knocked out of degree. Did you know that many years ago when Adam and Eve sinned, and yes, it's true, it's in the Bible, that they sinned and sin came into humanity. Do you know what happened? They knocked themselves out of sync with the light. The only thing that could bring them back into position was the Son of God. When Jesus came, And he said, I am the way, the truth, and the life. He could have also said, I'm the thing that will reposition you back because I am your reconciler back to your father. In other words, today, some of us today may not know Jesus. Do you know that you can be slightly out of sync? You think you know everything. But actually the truth is, if you would just allow God to shift you that little bit towards him, his light would touch your life. And change you. Then there are some today who through sins and things that they've got, they've wandered away from God. Their axis tilt has gone slightly out. You're thinking, well, I'm getting, the, I'm getting some of it. I feel like I'm having good times and bad times, the summer and winter seasons in my life. But it's not the same as what it used to be. But I'll, I'll hang on in there. It's because you've lost the fullness. And you need to come back to him and say, Lord, Reposition me so that I can have the fullness of your light, so that your light shines in me. I receive everything you have so that my light doesn't look any good anymore. And I understand who you are. In John 10, verse 10, he says, The thief comes only to kill, steal, steal, kill, and destroy. But Jesus says this, I have come that they may have life and have it to the full. I don't know about you, but I want life to the full. We've got to reposition ourselves. We've got to turn to God. Acts 3.19 says, repent then and turn to God so that your sins may be wiped out and that times of refreshing may come from the Lord. Let's stand. 
Thank you for listening and we trust that the Word of God has inspired you today. For further information about King's Church or to access our large archive of other recordings, go to www.kingscambridge.org. If you're listening on iTunes, we would love you to leave us some feedback. God bless and goodbye.